Well, hi again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly. Tonight's show is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. With the head coach, Craig Ruby, I'm John Kelly. The Blues, of course, off tonight. Tomorrow night, they get back in action in Columbus, their second and final game this year against the Blue Jackets. Right now, the Blues sit at 12, 3, and 4, 28 points, first place in the Central, four points up on the Colorado Avalanche. And, Coach, I know after a fantastic road trip, you won all four games out west. Coming home, you got the one point. Obviously, you'd like two, but all in all, a pretty good run now at 7-0-1. Yeah, real good. <clears throat> you know, we've um, been playing good hockey. Uh, you know, the games are all close and tight overtimes, um, you know, things like that. But that's, that's what you got to expect in this league now um, there's so much parity every game's going to be tough and it's going to be tight um, you know just like the other night against Arizona I thought it was uh, you know we played a we played a good game just didn't get enough goals you know in the end that's all it is and their goalie played a heck of a game you got to you know give them credit coach you talk a lot about you know energy coming off a of Stanley Cup a short summer this month is very busy with four back-to-backs including one this weekend are you happy with the energy level of your hockey team yeah, so far I think it's good. Um, like I said, we've been <clears throat> we've been managing it pretty well. I think with um, ice times during games and then practices and non-practices and things like that. So our guys seem pretty energized. They seem uh, good coming to the rink and ready to go. Coach, uh, the other night you coached in your 82nd game with the St. Louis Blues in that loss. Your record and 80, 82 games, of course, is a full season. 50, 22, and 10, 110 points. I guess you'd take that 82 two-game run every year, wouldn't you? I would definitely take that. <laughs> That's a pretty good year for our, for a team, you know. I mean, it is what it is. We got a good hockey team here, you know, and um, just got to keep pushing. Like, you know, we talked today, we can't take our foot off the gas pedal here. You know, we got two big games this weekend again, and, and you know, they're going to be hard games. Obviously, the team is having a great start. Not to be, you know, nitpicky, but your club had been outshot in eight straight, and and under 30 shots for eight straight. Does that, does that bother you at all? I know you outshot Arizona the other night. Or are shots a bit overrated? Well, it can be overrated. I mean, we look at shot quality more than shot you know shots in general um, we try to upgrade our shots um, instead of wasting shots we rather keep p- puck possession um, so that's kind of how we look at it that's how we uh, talk to our team about things uh, we want we want quality over quantity um, and the other side of things um, I like the way we defended against Arizona I'd like to see our shots come down a bit I think they're on their way down I think we're doing a better job but we've got to continue to do that um, I'd like to be you know at the I'd like to be at the end of the year I'd like to be in the top top part of the league of shots against coach obviously another overtime game for the Blues you lead the league in that department has the philosophy of teams changed when it comes to three on three it seemed like when it first came in a few years ago it was just rush chance odd man rush after odd man rush and now it's it seems like it's more of a possession game you see players coming back to center ice and things like that well we tend to do that we want to do that we want to keep the puck possession and again we want to upgrade our chance 
Um, we want to make sure it's a quality chance. Um, you got to be careful just getting rid of the puck off of a shot because you know you get caught with two guys; they're gone the other way. Um, we want to we want to keep that puck and keep possession of it. Coach, obviously, some news has transpired this week. The Blues announcing uh, the other day that they are extending a 10-day PTO, a professional tryout, to veterans Troy Brower. He's 34, the former Blue, over 800 NHL games, and also to 31-year-old Jamie McGinn who's played over 615 NHL games. Uh, they were in practice earlier today. They've been with the club now for a few days. How have Brower and McGinn looked so far? Yeah, they've looked fine. Um, you know, they're good NHL players. Uh, they played in, in the league, you know, for some time for sure. So it's uh, we with the injuries we have, we thought about uh, looking at two guys and seeing where, how they look and, and where their pace is at because it's not a bad idea to add a veteran. You know, they're good players. They know how to win. They know how to play. What do you think is the biggest challenge for players like Brower and McGinn to come in here in midseason to try to really make the hockey team? Well, they don't get games. You know, that's the thing. Like, it's only practice, but it's just about looking at their pace and how they're how they look out there and how they're transitioning, you know, with the puck and their movement and the skating. So they've been pretty good for me. I've, yeah, I've liked what I've saw so, so far. So will it take the full 10 days to evaluate and make a decision? Yeah, we'll take our time with it. Like, there's no rush right now. So we'll take our time with it and make sure that uh, we're making the right decision. Coach, the other roster move the Blues announced uh, recall calling former first-rounder Clem Costin, the Russian drafted uh, with the last pick in 2017. So far this year in 14 games in San Antonio, uh, three goals and eight points. How has Costin looked so far in practice? Yeah, good. He's a big, strong guy. You know, he can skate and shoot a puck. Like, he, he's got a lot of ability. He's, uh, and, you know, we love his size and his aggressiveness. So he might get a game this weekend. We'll see. We brought him up. Just uh, we don't have any extra forwards that can go in there and play if we need it. So we thought it'd be a good idea to get him up here and we'll see if we can get him in a game this weekend. Coach, uh, he had a very good training camp. What impressed you the most about the games he did play in camp? Again, it's his size and his, you know, he's a big guy that can move. Um, strong, you know, he's physical. Uh, he's a power forward is what he is and that's what we like. Again, we're talking to head coach Craig Bruby here on Behind the Bench on 101 ESPN. Coach, let's look back at the last couple of games. Saturday in Calgary, the Blues win their seventh in a row in overtime. 3-2, as the Blues get the winner from David Prawn up 2 nothing after 2 against the Calgary club that's had a very good start. You had to like the first two periods in particular. Yeah, I liked the whole game, to be honest. I thought we got a bad break on the second goal. You know, come off the boards funny, but, you know, we were in control of that game. I thought uh, things were going well. Um, you know, I liked our pace in that game. I thought that, uh, you know, the final game on the road trip, we had good jump in that game, good energy. I thought we controlled most of the game uh, against a good team. So uh, overall, I liked our game, and we ended up finishing off, uh, you know, on a power play goal in overtime. Coach, uh, a lot of people have asked why this team is so good on the road, and of course, it carried over last year into the Stanley Cup playoffs when you went ten and three. Uh, do you think your team is really built specifically for the road? 
Well, we're a big team. We're a heavy team. We grind it out. So that is a good road team. Um, I think that we just simplify it uh, on the road more than we do at home. I really do. I think that we just play a maybe a, a smarter game um, at home. You can tend to want to be a little bit more cute and do things on a on a, you know in a different way. Um, you know, in saying that, we played pretty good at home too this year. So, um, but I think our teams, you know, we're not afraid to go on the road and play a grinding style of a game and grind out a win. You mentioned that the Blues have been good in overtime. David Perron again got the winner. It looks like he has just developed almost instant chemistry with O'Reilly in the last you know quarter of the season. Well, I think it goes back to last year. They had good chemistry, you know, obviously in the playoffs and things like that. Uh, you know, if you watch them close, they do everything together on the ice and practice and, um, you know, that goes a long way. They just, they really feed off each other and um, complement each other very well. After the game in Calgary, the Blues, of course, coming home for one and that shootout loss to Arizona on Tuesday as the Blues had a lead in that game and Arizona tied it in the third one in the shootout. But overall, Coach, you were happy with the, uh, the six 65-minute effort? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, we had control of that game. Um, you know, we had a lot of good opportunities to score. We, had, You know, we, we got to start um, getting that next goal. I think that's going to go a long way. We're up 2-1, make it 3-1, probably win the game. We got to do a better job of trying to get that next goal, maybe be a little bit more aggressive, uh, more of that kind of mindset. Um, you know, in saying that, though, we had a lot of chances. Just their goalie played well. Over time, we made a dumb play, took a penalty. It's an uncostly penalty. It's not a good smart play by us. Um, you know, we're lucky to get out of that, killing that off, and then, you know, you get into a shootout and whatever. Yeah, anything can happen, right? Yeah, anything can happen. So... <laughs> Uh, the captain is off to a great start. As as you know, he had an assist on the, the Schwartz goal, now with 17 points so far this season. Um, you've only been here a few years as an assistant coach and now the head coach. Has, has he ever played better, and, and what is he doing so well right now? Well, he's played, he played pretty well in the playoffs last year. But, um <laughs> He's just moving the puck, and, and just his anticipation is maybe the best in the league that I've seen. You know, he really plays off instincts, and, uh, you know, he's doing a great job of uh, – jumping up in the play offensively. That's a big thing. He's very good at it. He joins the rush all the time. and He's in good position to, uh, you know, on, a, on the attack side of things. And like I said, he's he's one of the best, better defensemen in the National Hockey League. Blue line in your own end of defending and, and getting a puck out of your zone. Coach, talking to uh, Braden Shen the other day before the game, um, he felt that his line with Schwartz and Robert Thomas could could play better. Did you feel like they had their perhaps their best game the other night? I thought so. I thought they were pretty good in Calgary too, but I thought their best game was obviously last game against Arizona. A lot of good opportunities. I thought Robert Thomas's best game of the year was uh, against Arizona too. In addition, Jacob Delarose has now played a couple of games with the club. Uh, your thoughts after uh, a few outings for him? Yeah, he's he's done a good job. He's a big guy, gets in the way out there. You know, he can skate, he can do all the things. Like he he has the ability to do to do everything, and um, that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, I'd like to see more aggressiveness out of him. Um, he has the ability to score and to make some plays, and we need to get that out of him. All right, coach, let's talk about 
about tomorrow night's game against Columbus, a club that you beat in overtime back on November 1st. You were down 3-1 in that game, came back to tie it, and then again won it in overtime. What uh, what do you take out of that game, and what do you expect tomorrow? Um, yeah, they're I mean they're a young, aggressive team. They're going to play hard. Uh, you know they came in our rank. I thought they were uh, they were the better team early on in that game. Um, we got down, you know, we got a we got a good power play goal, out of, uh, you know, that got us back into the game. Then we obviously tied it up and going to overtime. But uh, I thought that we were um, on our heels a little bit early on in that game. They came at us pretty hard. Uh, they were aggra- more aggressive than we were. Um, our goalie played well. When you when you play against a John Tortorella coach team, do you expect a club that just plays in straight lines and and, and tries to play a tough game? Well, I don't know about straight lines in a tough game. They move around pretty good. Uh, they got active defense with uh, Jones and Wawinski. They get up the ice real well. Um, you know, they're they're pretty, they're a good team. Like I said, they got a lot of good young talent there. Um, you know, they they're going to give you a game no matter what. You're going to be in a you're going to be in a game where you got to compete and work. Um, that team's that team's going to compete and they're going to work hard. And finally, coach, the Blues come home after tomorrow's game and host the Anaheim Ducks a club that's off to a 9-8-2 start. You had good success against the Ducks last year. What do you expect Saturday? I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but, you know, you know they got a lot of guys that have been there. Getzlaff, obviously, and uh, Fowler, and uh, the goalie Gibson. Miller, backup goalie. Their goaltenant solid, both of them. They, they, they do a good job of keeping them in games. Getzlaff's still a very good player. They got a bunch of young guys in, uh, that they're using this year. So, again, you know, they're going to have a lot of energy and they got some good veterans that are still there all right good luck this weekend thanks for your time thank you very much john all right that's the head coach craig Bruby coming up next on behind the bench here on 101 espn we'll talk to blues legend bob plager that is coming up next after this short break and welcome back here on 101 espn i'm john kelly behind the bench and we get a chance to visit with blues legend bobby plager he's been with this organization since the day he was traded here back on june 6th 1960 Seven, Bobby, I'm sort of thinking, driving over here, talking, getting ready to talk to you. And, you know, I always felt in my mind that the golden era of Blues hockey was the first three years. When you came and they went to the finals, of course, lost all three final series. But now, in hindsight, I think we're in the golden era right now. The Winter Classic in 16, the Blues, of course, going to the Western Final, and now a Stanley Cup championship the all-star game coming up. I mean, I think it's fair to say that this is the best time to be a Blues fan in their 53 years. Well, let me tell you something. I know last year was the best time to be a Blues fan, and it was the best time for me to be uh, associated with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Our first years were the greatest. I mean, uh, uh, those will always be my favorite years, and to me, they'll be the best years we've ever had in St. Louis. But the excitement and what happened last year, and and it was the goal since the day one, the first year, was to win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, I've been here a long time, and we've had great teams. There's things have happened. It's the toughest toughest trophy to win and it's not always the best team sometimes because the injuries and things happen but last year was it was a movie year (laughs) I mean you make a movie you can sit down there and uh, things that happen and uh, the way the season went and the way this city got together uh, I mean it's it was better than I ever thought it would be Bobby what were you thinking last year about this time when 
the Blues had to fire Mike Yo, and they brought in Craig Berube. He, of course, was here as associate coach. But I think we all felt that the the club on paper was a good team, but they weren't performing. Um, what were your thoughts on the club about this time last year? Well, it's just what you said. Uh, you know, we made some moves in the summertime last year and uh, some signings and uh, the players we brought in, and, and they were the right players. They were role players. They were going to be the team players. To, uh, to me, it was, it was going to put us above, uh, you know, what we had here before. For, uh, you know, I was excited, as everybody was, as the management was, as uh, the players that were here were. But uh, it didn't work out last year. There was things that happened and were happening, and uh, uh, we weren't the team. But uh, when you all left here, uh, to me, uh, you want to win, you got to have the coaching. You know, and I'll go back to our first years. We had Scotty Bowman, so there was a plus for us right there. We had a good, uh, we had an advantage there, and uh, and nobody knew. To win a Stanley Cup, your biggest thing is your goaltending. And again, you go back to our first years in St. Louis. Uh, we were very, very successful. Not maybe the greatest team, but Glenn Hall and Jock Plant in goal. We had goaltending and we had a coach. Well, we didn't know what was going to happen with Billington. What a break and what a story uh, he is. What a story. Uh, your third or fourth goaltender on the, the chart. You get an injury here. You have the number one guy that you want to bring up is injured down in uh, our farm club. So he comes up Billington, and you know his first game is a shutout. You win a shutout, and our guys found this song somewhere in the bar. A little disappointed they were out the night before the game. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know you could see it then. And myself as a player, and I love Barubi. I've seen him, and, and as a coach, here's a guy that. Uh, played over a thousand games in the National Hockey League had to work every year had to fight for a job he was never given the job so here's a guy who was out there and he battled he fought he was a team player understood the game and knew what he had to do to win and the work ethic well he brought that to our hockey team and he got the respect from the players uh, the goaltender uh, the way he played, now he's given our guys the chance to win a game. He's winning games and giving our team a chance to win. And uh, the players just looked and, hey, you know, now they know I have a chance and they're playing. And they became a team. And the coach brought, there was guys the way they played. We were the most penalized team uh, in, in the league for too many men on the ice. And, you know, that's not disciplined hockey when you get something like that, players coming in. But he changed it all. and. And it just built and built, and uh, they became a team, every one. Um, they were having fun, they were winning, and, and that's what you need. We had goaltending, we had a good coach, and we had a bunch of players, and I'll go back to our first year, that were having fun, and they were a team, they played for one another, and they had the fans behind them like we did our first years. Bob Plever, you mentioned Scotty Bowman, and ironically enough, he sent you a text. When was it? After game two in Winnipeg in the first round? After the Blues won the first two? Well, he attacked me and he says, your team, well, first of all, we had a record going to get into the playoffs and uh, uh, go to the finals. And they hadn't done it since we were here. And the text was, your team is a pretty good hockey team. You've got a good team there, I think. And don't be surprised if our record's gone as being the only team that have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, uh, you know, here's Scott. He knows his hockey. He still watches hockey every night. He's watching games. But 
he knew our team and the way we were playing. And, uh, you know, that was the text. You know, you're, we're going to lose our record for being the uh, only team in St. Louis to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, he, he had a notion, I guess, and a premonition. Bobby, as the playoffs went, went along, obviously the double overtime goal by Maroon, and then you get to the final, and we all know the Blues could have won in game six at home against Boston. There were, you know, 30,000 fans outside, sold out inside. Um, what were you thinking after they lost game six? Well, you know, going into game six, I was worried because, you, you know, you look at our road record, the way we played uh, on the road. And coming in here, and John, you were there. You see what goes on in the play, playoffs now, the Stanley Cup. There's 300 and some uh, reporters, press, and TV cameras, and TV cameras from all over the world are in there. So right now, it's very tough when you get home because you go to the morning skate. Here's our players at home. You want to think hockey. There's nothing but hockey on your mind. But after your morning skate, they open that door, and you're one of the guys that goes in there. And... Uh, the players are there, and they got cameras shoved in their face. They're talking about the game. They want to know what's going on. Well, I don't think the players at home get to concentrate on just hockey. Their mind is not there. Plus, at home, uh, you got all people wanting tickets. You got to run around trying to please everybody for tickets. So your mind is not on the game. So it's nice when you go on the road, and. Uh, the press aren't there as uh, as many, or you don't get those interviews like you do at home. And uh, you go to your hotel room, you sit there, and you get ready for the game. You're not bothered with people wanting tickets, and you know it's something I looked. And when we played our sixth game, I was worried because of that. But when we lost, we're going to Boston. I says now. Boston's going to have the press there. Boston's going to be this. Boston's going. So I was more confident for the seventh game than I was for the sixth. And of course, the Blues won 4 1, their first Stanley Cup. Uh, you obviously were there, and I know you were on the bench not long after the final buzzer, and the players brought the Stanley Cup to you on the bench. What did that mean to you? Well, everything was so special. I mean, you're out there, you don't know what to think. You get on the ice and you're you're congratulating guys, you're hugging guys. But, uh, you know, they were very good. It was very special because you're out there. And it's something you dream about. You know, I mean, that's what you play for from day one is to play hockey, play in the National Hockey League, win a Stanley Cup, carry the Stanley Cup around the ice. And, and that night... When they're celebrating and they're passing the cup around, then they start, they bring you and they start yelling for Bobby, 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 and then they hand you the cup, and you're there, and they're all standing, you're looking them right in the face, and they're looking and they're cheering, and uh, you hoist the cup, well, it's, that was a dream, very, very special. And then you go somewhere else after when you, you've done this and to get your breath. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, I know I just thought it's still hard to believe what's going on. And you do peek up a little up to the up to the sky there. And that's when you think of your brother and Noel and uh, your dad, everybody that was here for those first years, because it's uh, it was special for me, but it's special for those guys, too. Absolutely. I know that I had a chance to bring the, the Stanley Cup to my father's grave, and I know you did the same with your family t to Barclay's grave. What did that mean to your family? Very special because, you know, my brother died uh, very young, and my brother, uh, you know, when he died, he never seen any of his kids. They were young. None of, they never seen them get married. He never seen uh, his grandkids, and they know all the stories, and for his family... Uh, 
you know, things have been so special for me, what, the way I've been honored and certain things. And, you know, it started when my number went up there and what they did uh, when my brother came down to take me up. And uh, on the ice, before that ceremony, I said, you know, I want uh, my family on the ice with me. And when they raise my number, I want just Barkley's wife and just his kids uh, on the ice with me. And we never knew that Bark was going to come down, but Bark's uh, kids were never involved with his dad. They were very young, or they didn't, weren't there when his number was retired. So when that happened that night, and with Bark going up, uh, coming to get me and bring me up there and look at his family was a big part. So, And this Stanley Cup, when we went to the grave uh, with Bark, with his wife and with his family, and then all the grandkids, and there's a, there's a load of them around now, and for them to be a part of that, and uh, you know, they never seen their grandfather play. They didn't know, but a lot of stories, and that that was very special. And and with the Stanley Cup, winning the Stanley Cup, and the parade for me, and uh, no, it was uh, special to win it. We've had great teams, and there's teams that could have won it probably, or should have, or but injuries have hurt us. And my friend Jimmy Roberts one time, uh, and it was the greatest line because everybody said, when are we going to win the cup? When are we going to win the cup? And, uh, you know, you don't know what to say. You're tired of trying to answer it. Jimmy Roberts had the answer, though. I was there with him. They said, hey, Jimmy, when are we going to win that Stanley Cup? And Jimmy had won three or five. Sorry, he's won five. Jimmy looked at him and he goes, when it's our turn. <laughs> so last year was our turn. It certainly was, and, and what a moment, what a parade. Again, we're talking to Bobby Plager, the legendary blue, here on 101 ESPN on Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly, and Bobby, you were traded to the Blues, as you know. It was really the second trade the Blues ever made back on June 6, 1967, along with Tim Ecclestone, Gary Sabrin, Gord Kanegeezer from the Rangers, for one player, Rod Sealing, who actually would come back and play for the Blues uh, later in his career. What do you remember about that day on June 6, 1967? Well, what I remember is I was in Baltimore. I was with the Rangers Farm Club, and the uh, season was over, but I stayed in Baltimore and made some friends there just hanging around Baltimore. And the day of the draft, uh, you know, was big because uh, six more teams. Now we're going to play in the National Hockey League. Uh, I'm figuring I'm going to get drafted. I don't know where I'm going to get drafted by. But uh, I'll be going somewhere to play in the National Hockey League. And uh, the day of the draft, I didn't get drafted. Uh, New York Rangers had uh, lost Rod Sealing. And in those days, you lose a player, you're only allowed to protect 16, I think it was. So if you lose one, you get to pre uh, put a player in there, protect another player. So they lost Rod Sealing in New York, and they protected me. So it means I was still going to be in New York. But it was the next morning, it was Lynn Patrick, and uh, you get the call that uh, I'd been traded to St. Louis for Rod Sealing. And I don't understand uh, the way things work, but uh, with Lynn Patrick explained that uh, New York Rangers could only protect 16, but there were some players they wanted to protect. So the deal was made before the draft that uh, St. Louis would take Rod Sealing they would tell uh, New York who they want them to protect from their list, and that there would be the deal made, like that's what Timmy and all that, but and that's what happened. They drafted Rod Sealing, Lynn Patrick told the New York Rangers to protect Bob Plager, and then right after that draft and all that, I was traded to uh, St. Louis. 
And if that wasn't the best Blues trade in the first year, I'm sure you'd agree the trade on November 29th for your brother and Red Berenson might have been the best. What are your memories of, the, of that day when um, you were told that your brother was coming to St. Louis along with Red? Well, you know when it happened, and it was the best trade for the St. Louis Blues organization. You can look at all trades that were made here. That'll rate with one of the top. And what do I remember about it is uh, Scotty Bowman was Barkley's coach in junior hockey in Peterborough. He was his coach in Ottawa. He was his coach in uh, Omaha. When Scotty Bowman, his team, went to the Memorial Cup in Peterborough with Barkley, and it was Barkley and Claude LaRose, a lot of players there. He loved my brother. My brother played for Scotty, and they won championships together. Scotty Bowman became the coach just a couple days before, or day before that trade was made. And the first trade that Scotty Bowman made, and he loved my brother, and, and I know why, but was to trade for uh, Barkley and Red Berenson. And New York, again, they wanted, uh, they were an established team. They had a good chance to win the Stanley Cup. They needed some veterans. Our top scorer at the time was uh, Rod Stewart, and it was 36 years old or something like that. And the second scorer was uh, Ron Atwell. So we make the trade, and Red Berenson, I played with Red in New York. Red was uh, probably one of the greatest, greatest, he was a, we call him the practice player because he couldn't stop him in practice, but in the game, he never got to play that much, and the game was a little rough there. He changed his style when he played uh, in New York, so he didn't play much, but he was good. So what do I remember is uh, when they made the trade, playing with Red, finally get to play with my brother who I, in the minors was the best. I mean, that's, my career was, uh, I wouldn't have had one if it wasn't for Barkley because you wanted to try and be as good as your brother and and uh, he, he led the way. I wasn't as good as him, but he was the guy that led the way and I learned how to play from him. And I knew Red Berenson, but when I got the phone call from Scotty Bowman and Scotty was up and he goes, Bob, I just want you to know I got the good one. And I goes, what's that, Scotty? He said, I'm just phoning to tell you I got the good one. I said, I don't know what you're talking about, Scotty. He says, I got the good one. I said, Scotty, I have no clue what you're talking about. He said, I got the good one. I got your brother. I just traded. He's coming to St. Louis. So I was probably one of the happiest guys. And, uh, you know, to get not only to play with my brother, but you know what that meant? One less guy I had to fight. <laughs> yeah, because you fought him once in junior, right? Well, we had the biggest fight in junior. I fought him just about every uh, game. We would go at it. And, uh, but in junior, you know, it was, it was the biggest fight, I think, in junior hockey at the time. It was on the ice, in the penalty box, back on the ice in the runway to the dressing room. And, and you know, the coach of the team at Peterborough that time was Scotty Bowman. Okay. You know, the coach, my coach in Guelph? Emil Francis. <laughs> so it was, uh, in fact, Emil phoned my father and said, yeah, I just want to let you know you're going to hear about it, but uh, the boys were in a fight tonight, and it was a big one. It was on the ice, off the ice, on the way to the dress. It was a big one. You're going to hear about it, but I just thought I'd let you know ahead of time. And my dad, uh, Emil says, my, my dad just says, oh, they had a fight. Yeah, he says, well, come up here in, summer, in the summertime and watch these guys. <laughs> and then he said, did any of them go down? And his uh, friend says, oh, no, nobody got down, went down. He says, well, you better send a scout up here. He says, I got another one here. He's 15 years old. He'll come down there and he'll kick the crap out of both of them, which was my brother Billy. 
Well, Bobby Plague, you mentioned Scotty a lot. I know that you think the world of him as as the Kellys do. He was great friends with my dad. He just came out with a book, by the way, written by Ken Dryden. What made Scotty, who obviously won over 1,200 games as a coach, all-time winning as coach, what made him such a great coach? I think he knew how to handle players. I mean, uh, he got into the players. You know, they always say you treat everybody the same. Scotty knew how you could treat players. And he was just ahead of his time in the game. I mean, some of the things that are happening now and that left-wing lock, I mean, we did those things that uh, when we first started, they just didn't name them the left-wing lock. And, you know, we were Montreal with first round, first year. They were the greatest hockey team for years. They were just the greatest. But we played them in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and everybody's waiting for the 8-1-7-2-9-nothing games. But Scotty come up with a a little plan for us to go out there and play. And, you know, we lose uh, every game by one goal and two in overtime. But it was Scotty. He was just he was ahead of his time. Uh, he was a coach that uh, a lot of players didn't like him. Or I mean, for Scotty, he was strange. He did some strange things. So, like they say, some guys didn't like Scotty. But we always said in July, the National Hockey League sent out your playoff check. So you get your playoff check in July. So we'd always say there's one day of the year that every player that plays for Scotty, they open that envelope and they look at their check and they go, you know, he's not a bad coach after all. <laughs> you know, and I had fun with him, Scotty. We'd be in Florida after the playoffs, and Scotty never hang around with us. And I asked him one day, and I goes, you know, the guys are out there, Scotty, and, you know, you never talk to them. I mean, you don't come and talk to the guys. The season's over, but you never talk to them. You know, why? And he goes, I never talk to them. He says, well, you go back in there, and you tell those guys that I'm going to talk to them the day of the parade <laughs> and then he turns and walks away but no he was ahead of his time and very successful and very knowledgeable to this day still Absolutely. Again, we're talking with a blues legend, Bob Plager, here on 101 ESPN. A couple of minutes left in our segment. And, you know, we talk about you and your brother, and I know you ended up playing actually one more game than Barkley. You played 615 games with the Blues. Bark played 614. And both obviously tough players. You guys fought a lot. I know in junior, as you said, you fought each other. But once you got to the NHL, Bobby, who who do you think was your your toughest fighter, your toughest opponent? Well, you know, the game was different. People see the game now. You have designated fighters. You did. But everybody played. You know, there was six teams when I started. And then that's not league we started. Every player was tough and could play. Because you went out there, they tested you. And if you couldn't, you backed down or something. Uh, you wouldn't be in the league long. So they they could all go. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of respect. My job was, yeah, you got in the fight, you did this, Bark did, but was uh, like to protect if somebody did something to our team, our player, then it was your job to go out there and, and you know, get, get revenge or whatever it was. Uh, John Ferguson, the toughest player in the National Hockey League. But he could play. He'd score his 20 goals. He was a great hockey player. But if somebody had Henry Richard or John Belleville with a dirty check, you know, you could throw clean body checks and get away with it in those days. Nobody's going to charge you and fight you. But then you knew that, uh-oh, it was a dirty one. I got the knee up. I'm going to have to... Teddy Harris was a tough guy on their team. John Ferguson, I'm going to have to face them. So you did. I mean, you fought him, and he was the toughest. But when you fought him after that was over, you went back to playing hockey. Uh, 
but against Philadelphia, it's what I say. We Philadelphia was an expansion team, so we played against all those players in the minor league. I fought those players, and we had grudges against them, and uh, so we were the team went out there with Noel, my brother, and all this here. We tested, we found out who who could play, who could take it, not so. You know, that's I think Steider said because of the Broad Street Bullies were because of. Uh, Noel Picard and the Plager brothers, the way we played against them. So we played tough and we banged. And But I never forgot what my job was. I blocked shots. I threw body checks. I took care of my players. So I never changed that part of my game. And I became a great passer, understood the game. So I made it one way, and that's what I always tell everybody. You know, never forget what gets you there. If you want to stay there, though, you got to improve on all the other parts of your games. But don't forget what gets you there. Well, you certainly did it all and, of course, retired back in 1978. And, Bobby, since retiring, I think you've done it all in the Blues organization. You were an assistant coach. You were the head coach of the Blues. You coached their minor league club one year in Peoria. You won a a championship, set a record for consecutive victories. Um, Professional scout. Um, I think you were the color man for my dad for a few years on on radio and TV. You know, looking back, any regrets that you, you didn't, you know, stick with one? One of those jobs I mean you had them all um, and did them all no no regrets because I'm still here doing uh, <laughs> here but you know all those jobs it's, it's they give you they call you in I mean uh, you're the vice president here or something like I did the same thing I went out and I scouted on the road and I looked for hockey players and I was involved in trades uh, director of player development I went out on the road I scouted I was involved in, I I did the same thing they just give you titles and the titles uh, you know, they're, they're nice, but no, my job was uh, always the same. You look for players, you try and prove the hockey team, you get involved in a lot of the uh, the stuff that went on. And, you know, when we had uh, Harry Ernest in here and you were around, what a staff we had. We had six people on the staff, you know. We had six people on the staff, which was uh, Ron Caron, Barkley, Jock Demers, myself, and Teddy Hampson. I mean, that was our whole staff. I mean, scouting staff, coaching staff, six. You look on the bench now, there's six behind the bench, but our whole staff. So then you had to be the scout. You had to be player development. Uh, You know, I was on the road 25 days uh, of the year going around looking for players. And and then when my brother got sick, it was... uh, I took uh, as assistant coach with uh, Jock. Well, uh, Bark was mending, getting better, and uh, then I still traveled. I was still the pro scout, and uh, I mean, I did, you did it all. The titles were there, but uh, I did the same thing all the time. Well, you certainly have done it all and uh, done a great job, and we're so happy to have you as part of the of the Blues organization. Bobby, thank you so much for this time, and we're glad you finally got your parade, your ring, and your Stanley Cup championship. Well, it's been great, and I've said for years and years, when we have a parade, hockey players are a little different, and it's going to be one of the greatest parades you people will ever see when we win it. Well, we won it last year, and the parade was even better than I thought it would be. It was the greatest parade in any sport. Absolutely. All right, Bobby Plager, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Much more coming up next here on 101 ESPN. And welcome back to Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly. Our final segment here with Blues winger David Perron is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. 
Well, we saved the best for last year, David Perron, and you're off to a great start, my friend. Of course, 31 years of age now, eight goals in 19 games. Uh, I know you've had some very good years in your career, but I, I would imagine that you're as confident now as you ever have been. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome to have uh, consistent li consistent line mates every single night, and uh, obviously getting the confidence from uh, Chief uh, to go out there in an important situation, important offensive situation like five on threes, four on threes, uh, power plays, things like that, and also getting key uh, face-offs. And at the same time, we're also playing a 200-foot game. We, we start a lot in these zones, so we take pride in that as well. And it, it's been a pleasure for sure this year and, and obviously last year playing with, with O'Ry for much of the year. And uh, we're just looking to keep building off that. Did you have instant chemistry with Ryan? It, it, it just seems like every night yeah. you guys know exactly where you're going to be. Yeah, we, we certainly have uh, things that we, we know where uh, each guy will be in, in different situations, and that's always nice because you can uh, refer back to that as, as soon as you kind of don't have time or whatever, you know where the guy will be. And uh, I, I would say, yeah, from the from the first game that we played last year in Winnipeg, I'll remember, I think it was around November or something that um, Mike Hill tried us together with uh, Sanford, and we had a good stretch there for a few games, and uh, obviously we weren't finding success as a team by then, so they changed again. But um, certainly it's it's been nice to have uh, instant chemistry with them. And obviously in overtime, it, it seems like you guys – almost every night get the goal. You have now three overtime winners so far. Um, when it gets to overtime, do your eyes light up and say, oh boy, this is this is a good time for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to get a good chance or a two-good chance and uh, it's definitely nice uh, to... Uh to um, get those opportunities, like I said, from Chief and to play with Orai, it's, it's pretty special. And uh, certainly uh, he's got a big goal, I think, for us in Minnesota as well. We've won a lot in overtime recently, but uh, it's nice to, to get those ones. David, uh, looking at the numbers this weekend, you will hit the 800 game mark in your career. Yeah. Does it does it feel like it's been you know that many games? I know drafted a long time ago back in 07. Um, I mean, yeah, like there, what's what's special about it, I think, is through some of the injuries that I've gone through, uh, I missed a full year basically uh, nine years ago already now. And I think people seem to, to forget a little bit about it. But it, it was a tough time for me at the time. And you, you didn't know if I was going to play hockey again. So to reach that number is special. And any number that I hit is, is always special. And something that you look back maybe more after, uh, much like the Stanley Cup, and you, you reflect on your career. And it's, uh, it's a cool thing. But uh, hopefully we, we can keep hitting them and maybe push to, towards a thousand even more yeah obviously David obviously it's your third tour of duty with the Blues you go to the final two years ago with Vegas and lose and then you win last year how special was it for you knowing that you were so close two years ago and then you and the team got it done yeah. last year yeah it was extremely difficult uh, two years ago to lose in the final and and to go through a summer and knowing I was joining the Blues with a good team and obviously we didn't have a good start last year but I knew the team would be competitive at some point and uh, to, to find a way to to bring the first Stanley Cup back to St. Louis. Uh, it was extremely special for, for me and the group and, and everyone in town. So we're looking to, to keep building. I think it showed that uh, last year I did it. I played uh, in two Stanley Cup finals in a row. So if, if guys ever wonder if it's possible, I think it is uh, in here. And I, I think we're, we're pretty confident. We're, we just kind of let, let uh, last year go by now and we turn the page completely on it. And we're just trying to keep building our game and keep uh, gaining wins. David, did you have your family in Boston for Game 7? And yeah. how special was it to be on the ice? 
Yeah, it was it was incredible for sure to, to have the whole family there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a late night. We had so much fun. I think the next uh, three, four, five days were some of the best days of my life, just enjoying. And basically, you had the green light to do almost whatever you wanted. You've been working for this your whole life, and um, it was extremely special to go through it with, with this group. And how about your day with a cup in Sherbrooke? Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. That was uh, definitely the probably the highlight of the summer for me, to bring it back to a city where there's so many people, friends that supported me throughout, and I tried to make sure that I could um, have every single person that, that helped me along the way there, and uh, it was it was extremely special day for sure. And you had, I saw in the video, you had a street hockey game, and yeah. the, the winner got the Stanley Cup, yeah, right? Yeah, so I had a street hockey game with some of the buddies, actually, that some of them I don't talk to just the way like life went. Uh, they moved to a different city, or obviously with my hockey, I had to move a lot in, in uh, different years, and um, to reach them uh, maybe th three, four weeks before and tell them that I, w I wanted to do a street hockey game just like we were doing in front of my parents' house. We closed off the street. Uh, neighbors were watching. And, uh, it was uh, definitely the highlight of the day uh, in, in that day. Yeah, obviously. David, thank yeah. you for this, and enjoy um, game 799 and 800 this weekend. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, J.K. Okay, that's David Prawn, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Thanks to the coach, Craig Berube, and also to Bob Plager and David Prawn. I'm John Kelly. That's another edition of Behind the Bench. Have a great night, everyone.